Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160EN podcast. This is podcast number 62, uh, and I'm joined by my two good friends. Christian, how you doing, bro? Doing all right, man. Uh, <coughs> feeling a little sick, feeling a little under the weather with the, with the flu. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Got to do it. We got to do the podcast on another day then. Yeah, I think we might <laughs> we reschedule this to uh, to to next Wednesday. Actually, well, well, no, we'll do this podcast in February. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, man. But other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> and I'm also joined by Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good, uh, even though we won uh, against uh, Stubble in a very very shaky way. Um, I'm doing okay, so we'll talk about it. Yeah, let's get right into it, actually. Or actually, sorry. Let's get right into the Twitter questions first. Um, I'll start off with Youth at Youth on Twitter. He asks, who should replace Bruno Fernandes if he leaves us? Uh, Christian, I'll start that one off with you, dude. Yeah, this is definitely going to be the new... I mean, the first biggest question is, is what are the details of the transfer? And then the next biggest question is, is who's going to replace him? Um, I mean, that is a very tough question to answer, and I don't really think you're going to find anyone um, immediately that's going to replace the productivity. I mean, the guy's contributed like 90% of our goals or assists, or yeah, 90%. He's either assisted or scored like 90% of our goals, I feel like, over the past two seasons. It's all good. And, uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to find anyone immediately that's going to replace him. I mean, there was that talk with that Robert Tony guy um, back uh, in the summer um, from Vela Sarsfield. I don't know if he's going to end up back on our radar. There's another guy from River Plate, um, uh, Nicholas De La Cruz, who's on our radar. Um, you know, there's really not going to be a single player that, that replaces him. Um, you know, they're going to have to adjust the formation, I think, maybe tweak it a little bit to, uh, to, 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 ma- to maximize the personnel that they have, at least. Because, I mean, you're not going to get, you know, 20 goals, 20 assists, 30 goals, 20 assists from, from a midfielder, you know, in, in any other circumstances. Agreed. Agreed. Um, anyways, next question comes in from Joel Da Silva at Leung underscore 073. Uh, again, another Bruno Fernandes question. He asks, with, Bruno, with BF departing, with Bruno Fernandes departing, and considering that without him we are complete trash, do you think that we will find a direct replacement or are we going to see a tactical change maybe? Um, sort of on what Christian was saying, but Steph, I'll pass that one off to you. What do you think, dude? Well, most likely it'll be a tactical change for sure. Like Chris said, he, he hit it right on the, on the head of the nail. It's going to be extremely difficult to replace such a good player. Uh, but we do have options, but like always, we don't know how to make deals. Even when we loan players, like we have put against that studio, is, he, he, he has put together some amazing performances. He's been very consistent. Uh, he, could, he could for sure be the man that we need to, uh, to replace Lun Fernandes, but you know, not, not expecting that he would score so many goals and so on. Uh, would they change up uh, uh, tactics? With Bergans, I think I think we would have been in good shape, but again, uh, we can even get him back now in January because we don't know how to make loans. 
So that that's not even an option, even though he's our player. Um, like just like Felinia, which we spoke about. Of course, he wouldn't be replacing Bruno Fernandes, but Felinia would be a better number six than Dumbia and Bataglia, because Bataglia is still not at the level that we need him to be. Um, and then all the names that Chris said, they sound they sound pretty good, but the thing is, do we have the money for for some of those names? I don't think we do, unless we sign. Bruno Fernandes, then, then maybe, maybe we'll have some money to spend. But don't forget, the reason why we're selling him is because we have to pay our creditors. So a big chunk of it, I think it's $44 million, will have to go to the creditors. Because that was agreed, agreed upon that $44 million will have to be to pay the banks and so on. So then we left with, what is it, the deal, $65 million, I believe, or $60 million? Yeah, right. So then yeah. So then we left with 16 million. So, you know, just, you know, putting some numbers together, uh, shooting from the hip, of course, I don't know anything concrete. And then I think there's 10 millions in certain goals that Lund Fernandez has to meet, like um, a certain amount of games he will play and so on from Manchester United. So a lot of Manchester United that all they are also sporting fans. They're very excited that he might go to MU. And I, I saw on Twitter and the official Recession uh, United account, most of the fans, they like Bruno Fernandes and they want to see him. So, but to be realistic, if we want to make money, we have to sell him now. I don't know. I don't know if we, if we hold him until summertime. I don't know if we'll make more money than now. So, but uh, that's it. It's definitely a gamble. Definitely a gamble. I think the only good thing with us selling them in January is if we can get United really desperate because they do desperately need a, a midfielder of Bruno's quality. Uh, we can probably, we can hopefully get a, a decent price tag for it. But um, and they're also saying they're going to throw in players, which um, which would be interesting. But anyways, we'll we'll also get more into Bruno Fernandes in a little bit. Um, next question comes in from David Glavio at David Strife 35. He asks, do you like Vieto? What future awaits our club? Uh, and he says, Fernando and Hesse, I do not like them and I want them to leave Sparting. I think we can all, all three of us can agree with that, that last sentiment that uh, Fernando and Hesse definitely need to leave. Um, but Christian, what do you think of uh, Vieto and what do you think of our future? Yeah, honestly, I mean, Vieto has shown flashes of quality um, over the course of the season. He definitely got off to a slow start, and we were all kind of, you know, wondering if he was going to pan out at all. I definitely think that he's a serviceable player um, and definitely is worthy of starting week in and week out, as he has been recently for most of the season, probably two-thirds of it, I'd say, at this point. Um and, uh, you know, but I, on the other side, I do think that he is inconsistent. I do think he tends to disappear from games at times. Um, you know, we've seen him be, be wasteful when it comes to finishing. And, you know, just overall, the whole Vietto experience for me, at least, has been kind of frustrating. It's been a, a series of very high highs and very low lows. So, you know, especially considering that that seven and a half million for half his half his half his pass, even if we were looking to sell in the future, I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, we're at, least, at the very best, we'll break even on that investment. Um, so 
you know, I'm I'm not convinced still, but uh, he's definitely, you know, I guess warranted more chances at least just because, you know, who else is there besides, uh, you know, Kamash or or, uh, or Jovan, who, who still isn't fully fit yet. Not even taking Balassi and Hesse into consideration there, you know, legitimate viable options long term, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question comes in from Kaza the Paiva at M Paiva Seven. Um, he asks, "How do you guys feel about possible returns to Daniel Carisu and Marcus Rojo? Um, both can play two positions. Yeah, Carisu uh, being a center back and a DM, Rojo being a uh, center back and a left back. Um, is splashing out on Andres Borara panic buy? Uh, should we wait till the summer for bigger and better purchase? Interesting questions. Um, Steph, what do you think, dude?" So first of the possible returns of Carissimo and Rojo. Okay, so basically I like both of the players, even though that um, Rojo hasn't been playing uh, quite a lot. Um, yeah. But the quality is there. The uh, maybe the motivation is not because if you if you're a football player and you don't play, you know, uh, of course you're going to be um, not not motivated and. You, when when they give you a game to play, your performance not, might might not be there because you're not playing on a regular basis. So, I think if he comes to a, a club he's played before and he knows and he's lived in Lisbon, Portugal, he knows the lifestyle, he knows uh, what to expect. Uh, the, first, he's not gonna uh, struggle to adapt because he's been there before, and second. I think his, his motivation levels will go up uh, just because now he, he knows he's going to start fresh with a, a team that he knows quite well, at least the fans and some some of the, his teammates. Uh, he'll be actually with uh, two of uh, his uh, um, fellow shipmates, uh, Pietro from Argentina and uh, Bataglia. So that's a good thing for him too. So I, think, I think for Rojo, I'll... I know a lot of uh, Sportingistas don't like him. I don't know why, though, because when he was a Sporting, he played well. He was sold for, for $18 million or $20 million, I believe. So he never fought Sporting. He was always very respectful. If anything, we made money with him. Uh, and to think that he might be on the downhill of his career, it just shows that certain fans, they, they, they have no clue what football is all about. If a coach doesn't like a certain player, sometimes it sucks for that player, but it doesn't mean they lost quality. So we only have to gain if we get him back. Um, and then Kerisu um, uh, is one of is one of ours. Uh, he, he's been performing at a very high level at Valencia. So if, if he comes back, of course he's welcome. Especially when we know that Kerisu uh, will be leaving for sure. And hopefully... Lord, he will be will be given to someone because we're not going to sell him. Who the fuck wants to buy him? Um, yeah. But the thing that kills me and breaks my heart is uh, certain names like the Miral, Duarte, which they yeah. perform in a very high level now. They're in very competitive leagues such as Italy and Spain, and we could have had some two top notches center backs. And we basically gave them for free, for free. 
So and, that's and they would have cost <laughs> they would have cost nothing either because they both well one came from our academy the other one we bought for like pennies from a Turkish club. So yeah, that 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 bothers me a lot. And then the last the, the last question about the the striker. Um, yeah, I think he's a good striker, um, but eight million people. Because we don't have money, let's be realistic. But if uh, if of those sixty five millions, uh, paying the banks forty four, and then we 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 spend half of it on a good striker, I don't think it's crazy. I think it's a good option, uh, especially when they have enough feedback. They have a lot of a, a lot of uh, um, information about this. Especially a lot of tapes. They know he's a good quality. Quality. Uh, I would buy him now rather than later because later he might really play well in the league at Alpha and then pull a great performance with his team, and then his value is going to fucking be instead of eight, will be sixteen million. Um, and we need a striker anyway, regardless. A striker like how tall is he? He's like six two, I believe. He's pretty tall. Matthew, you think they think something like that? Yeah, he's a, he's a target man for sure. <laughs> yeah, he is. So, he's, a, he's what we call him uh, So, we need someone like that. And to tell the truth, $8 million or seven point five, it's not a lot of money. Uh, it might be in the sporting world, but all the fees you've seen with decent players, what is it? It's like $20 million or more. So, yeah. that's a reasonable yeah. price for a good player. That needs to uh, a team like Sporting to put him out there to, to go to another bigger club, um, and that's it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, but we'll also get more into Sparar in, in a little while as well. Um, last question, yeah, last question comes in from underscore Pierce only underscore at Diogo nineteen oh six eighteen, and he asks. Uh, in Portuguese, que jogador acham que o Sporting consegue contratar com um bocado de esforço para comutar a seguida do Bruno Fernandes? Um, Christian, I'll give that one to you. Who do you think? Who do you think is is a possibility? I mean, we we sort of went over this already, but who do you think would be a, a possibility out of those names that you mentioned earlier? Um, more likely to come in and fill in the Bruno Fernandes shoes, if not in January, even next summer. Yeah, to be honest, I um, it's tough, man. You know, I guess uh, they even they're so desperate. They even floated uh, Ezekiel Barca from Atlanta United as a potential replacement. Yeah, um, yeah no I, I, way that's I, happening. I just don't. I don't think there's a replacement. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's players that you can try there. I mean, you can even try Wendell in that spot in theory. Um, yeah. but you know, uh, I don't. I think that it's going to. The solution is is really the the solution is is to find a long term solution of is by building a better team, and you know you're not going to build a team around him, which you've done in the past two seasons shittily, but that's still been the thought at least. Um, so now, um, I say you sell him in January, rip the bandaid off. Like Steph said, his value is not going to keep increasing more and more. We're already getting robbed in these negotiations because we're little boys um, playing in the big boys league in terms of these negotiations. 
Um, you know, he's going to be the record transfer no matter how bad they fuck it up. Um, and, you know, and then we can, uh, we can, we can go from there. Um, but it will be really interesting and we'll get into this. I know we keep saying we'll get into it later. Um, we will get into it later. Um, the, the players that come in the other way, you know, are they going to be on loan? Um, cause to be honest, if, if it, let's just say it's Rojo or Anja Gums on loan and until the end of the, like, from January to June or January to May, a five-month loan and a lost season, I don't give a fuck about that. I would – I only want permanent, permanent, permanent contracts. Um, so, yeah, if, I mean, or I mean, maybe a season and a half loan um, is more stomachable, but a, a loan to the end of the season of, of anyone is just fucking stupid. Um, yeah. Yeah. At, at this point, we have to we, – we definitely – we sell them and we plan for next season already um, if we do bring somebody in or whether that's like buying them or uh, via United. Um, yeah, we have to start thinking of next season. Um, anyways, let's get into this 3-1 win away from home to um, uh, Vitoric Stubal, um, who made up a big fuss before the game, and we'll get right into that. So Vitoria wanted us to uh, – postponed the game because uh, apparently 14 of their players uh, went down sick. First they were saying it was a virus, then they were saying it was the flu. Um, I don't know if players are shitting themselves or not. Um, long story short, they, they wanted us to postpone the game and they were blaming Spartan uh, and not the league um, for for not postponing this game. And Spartan did reject that, that um, initial offer anyways because, I mean, why would we postpone the game? But anyways, let me ask you guys. That's my opinion, at least. Were we right to to play this game? Should we have called it off? And do you think the or do you think the league should have called it off? And uh, Steph, I'll start that one off with you. Uh, no, I mean, uh, there's no way we could have given in to a team that opened his legs to uh, to uh, Casamain Benfica. There's no there's no sympathy with them whatsoever. The reason they 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 used it's uh, so weak that. Uh, it's unbelievable because uh, they have 30 players registered in Liga Nars, so they have more than enough players. I have no sympathy for Subo because when they play against us, they they play in a totally different way than when they play with Benfica. So, me personally, I'm glad we didn't give in. Um, uh, Subo also in the past they kind of forget, but we don't forget the fans. In for in two occasions. We tried to uh, postpone a game, one in the Tasa Portugal two years ago when we had played a Europa game for less than 48 hours, and they gave us the big fat, fat finger. Uh, and then uh, uh, when uh, one of our fans fell from the, the veranda at Sadz Avalad and uh, he died, and um, we, we tried to postpone the game as well so people can, could go to the funeral. And they said no as well. So fuck them with a big fuck you. No sympathy for them. Uh, I never, I never liked, and I don't like teams that give up to uh, to uh, to other clubs because of exchange of players or loans uh, or money in, in Saxazuis. Whatever might be the case, it's going on in Portugal. It's not a secret. You could see it. Uh, sporting sucks this year. I'm not saying, you know, that we win fourth place uh, by demerit. We deserve to be in fourth, in fourth place because we, we don't know how to play. 
But, you know, Benfica is in first place because for two games in a row, they've been giving gifts. And uh, if if, uh, if you don't want to see it, then you don't want to see it. But the reality, you could go home and be play the same play 10 times and you'll see that the PK given to Benfica was not a PK. And even if it was a PK before that play, uh, the the ops play was uh, was fouled. Um, so anyway, but going back to Stubble game, I'm glad we didn't give it in and uh, and then uh, fuck them. But they played well. I gotta tell you. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, Chris, do you think the the league should have intervened at all? Uh, no, I don't think the the league should have intervened. Apparently, the league didn't see it fit to intervene when a quote-unquote terrorist attack happened. Um, exactly. A terrorist attack happened on Portuguese soil, and they didn't postpone a game that had effectively unlimited time to be rescheduled. Um, seeing as it's the last game of the season, um, they were, the Euro was in, uh, the World Cup was in the summer. But I mean, what? How many players from from that Avs team were, were going to the uh, were going to the World Cup? Um, I maybe that Iranian guy. That's about it. Was he even on the team back then? No, I don't. I don't think so yet. I don't think he was. Um, so I mean, we had what Bruno and or was Bruno even in the national team at that point? Or Patricio, maybe two. Um, so I mean, like William. William, yeah. So I I mean, if they moved it back one more week or. Gave it five days, or I, I'm saying like it, it was definitely a much more feasible option because when are you going to move this game to? This game was this day because it needed to give them enough time to play Friday, which is already cutting it short, and then they have the League Cup the next week, um, and then you know you have the rest of the fixtures, then you have the two um, Europa League games. Who knows how many more of those? You know we'll keep having if we keep advancing. So it's just like. The schedule is built the way the schedule is, and it's like, what what is in it for us to reschedule it? I know that no other team would have been, you know, asked to reschedule it. I know that the conversation wouldn't be the same if it was Benfica um, or Porto. Um, you know, Porto got a game, you know, changed from a a, a fake uh, a fake like crack in the stands. And then the game got rescheduled, and then they played the second half, and then they scored like four goals in two minutes of the second half that they played like two months later. All this shit happens, and no one really, no one really cares. Um, so I, I don't feel bad about it at all. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at the situation selfishly. Um, you know, if Sporting's players were all sick, Victoria Stubel would have looked at it as like, oh, we have a chance to play a sick. Sporting team, like, let's go ahead. This is a better. We have a better chance of getting points. You know, like that. That's how they would have looked exactly. at the situation if it was the other way around. So, I have no sympathy for them. It sucks. Your players are sick. Whatever. You put up a good fight. I mean, like, on to the next. I mean, they're, they're, they're at this point. They're just embarrassing themselves with the dramatic show that they continue to to carry on with. A hundred percent. Listen, I'm just gonna add something up. For sure. The, the only person to blame for all this fucking mess, it's the president of Vitor Stubo. He's so goddamn incompetent and so selfish. All he, He's all so he corrupt, did. too. He's so corrupt. He just got all caught he, taking fucking bags of money. All he should have done was like this. I'm going to place a phone call to my counterpart for the league for, the for this. Uh, oh, Vlad, I got 14 players sick. 
Um, can we postpone the game? Yes or no? Uh, listen, I wish I could, but I can. We have a busy schedule. You know, I mean, and that's and that's it. And he should have left at that, but he used the media to pressure Sporting. And then it became ugly, and then we, we Sporting, look like the bad guys. Like, what the fuck? Why would the bad guys? I'm pretty sure if he can, Porto wouldn't have given in. So, Imagine you know, it, literally <laughs> any other situation. Are they going to move a Champions League game because of this? No. Are they gonna, nope. They're gonna, they're not going to move anything because of shit like this. They didn't fucking postpone the Tasa Portugal final against Abs, like you just mentioned. Why would they postpone this shit? I mean, the Liga couldn't intervene anyway because this has to be a, a, an agreement between both clubs. Exactly. And, and the, the way I see it, it's this is similar to an injury crisis. Nobody's calling off a game if your players are injured. Nobody's calling off a game if your players are sick. Two, it has to be said, this I think is also a, uh, a thing from the uh, Stuball president to win votes because it's no coincidence that I believe next month um, it's, re- it's election time for, for Vitori Stuball. So um, definitely a ploy, definitely a way to, to turn the media against Sporting. Um, and, and I think it's, like I said, like we all said, I think it's a ridiculous ask. No other league in the world. And this is, this is what makes the Portuguese league look so bad. No other league in the world would have this much of a, of a of a uh, of a problem this much of an issue because players go down sick the protocol was when when these things happen is that you're supposed to isolate the players apparently all 14 of them went all to the hospital at the same time um Vitoria de Stubal had players that that were um inscrito that instead of having them ready for the bench they decided to play those players on the U23 game uh, two or three days before the game. So I think it's ridiculous. I think this is all for show. Um, Stu Ball's manager going out before the game saying that his team is is Makipa de Merda, is a, is a shitty team, I think uh, is, is one, disgraceful. And then two, from the fight that they put up, I honestly think that it's just them trying to pull pull the wool over their um, our eyes, and they were trying to get something over Spartan. Because if you counted the people in their eleven, um, a lot of them were starters. Carlitos, the one that scored, was a starter. Geds, who should have scored, was a starter. Um, Bessa, starter. Uh, Meda, starter. The keeper was a starter. Um, there's a few names that I'm forgetting now. Most of them were starters. And and lastly, the only point I wanted to mention. Um, though I, I like the, the Stuball fans at, um, uh, shouting at Verandas. It's, it's nicer than always seeing us shout at Verandas. Uh, and like Christian said off air when we, on the day of, like in our little group chat, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Definitely appreciate and, and like them, you know, bitching at Verandas. I think they look ridiculous um, doing so because of this. And again, it, it just makes, to me at least, it makes the Portuguese league look look even more amateurish than it already is. Um, yeah, a disgrace I'm, in my eyes. Did you guys, did you guys uh, watch the game? Yeah. Yeah. Did you look, did you look how many empty seats they had? That's, I'll, I'll say this, that's the fullest game that they've had in a long time because I've been watching, I, mean, I watched tons of games all season for every team and that's the fullest I've seen that stadium in years, to be honest. All I'm, all I'm saying is, Portugal is a, is a tiny country. We, we all understand that. 
But that's a stadium that they, I think it holds maybe, what, 12,000 or maybe less? Yeah, I'd say um, 10, 10 to 12 is a fair estimate. Okay. And that's on the, it's on the bigger side as far as first division stadiums. So this is a team that is, is like 100 years old or more or maybe a little bit less. I, I went to, uh, and, and uh, Chris knows that, I went to uh, a Philadelphia game, a couple of Philadelphia, Union Philadelphia games. They have more fucking spectators than any Portuguese team. Not any Portuguese team because the big clubs still, they put big numbers, but any of the average teams in Portugal. And this is a brand new team in the MLS. Yeah, they're so, putting like 16,000 to, 16, to 18,000 asses in seats every every other week in, in America. In America, yeah. In America, which soccer is like the fifth most popular sport. Yeah. So yeah. all I'm saying is the, the fault is because of our Portuguese culture. People don't want to change their mind. They want to leave it everything traditional. They don't know how to, to uh, do marketing for our Portuguese league. It's all the same fucking guys in that park, no governo, na liga, na federação, and then fans get sick of it. And that's what's going on in Portugal. They're not willing to pay 35 euros to go watch a game that we already know who's going to win because of corruption. Because they have their little friends in, in, in certain places like Hard. Hard didn't make any difference because they, the referees still control it and they call it when it's convenient. When it's not convenient, they don't call it. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Portuguese league is a fucking joke. Nobody's watching. I'm watching it less and less to tell the truth. Me too. <laughs> Me too. All right. Um, let's let's move on to the game, I guess. Not a lot of talking points, but still a few. Um, our 11 was as followed. We had Luis Maximiliano and Net. Christian Borja at left back um, as we were... Uh, I mean, I think at least we were protecting Acuna from seeing another yellow to miss the uh, Befica game. But anyways, Borja left back, Mathieu, Kowac, and Dostovsky completing that defense. We had Bataglia, Bruno Fernandes, and Wendell in midfield with Vietu, Luis Philippe, and Yannick Bolassi up top. Uh, but we also had substitutions of Kamashu, Hesse, and Pedro Mendes coming in for that front three as well. Um, Christian, I'll start it off with you, dude. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, it was pretty shitty. Um, Vitoria Stubel, for some reason, uh, my, my, my prime time for watching random Portuguese league is the Friday, like four, four o'clock game, our, our time, which is like mm -hmm. the worst time frame. If you're uh, a fan of said team, it, it, well, the time slot we have this week, um, yeah. for attendance. Cause it's like nine o'clock Friday in Portugal. It's like, what the fuck? Um, so it's Stubble, uh, sometimes I feel like they're always in that, they're always in that game. So I've seen like three of their games this season. They are a park the bus, just ugly. That's their whole thing. I mean, they've been just scrapping draw after draw. Like they yeah. have an unlimited amount of draws this year. Um, so they've just been scraping draws in like all their games, um, not scoring any goals, but also not letting up that many. So they have the worst offense and the third best defense. Um, in the league, so that that and that includes the big, you know, the big five or six or whatever. So, um, so I wasn't really that surprised with how the game went. I was surprised that, like, given, I mean, actually, it's not that surprising because they're probably all jacked up because you know there there was more than like forty people at their game for once. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean the game the game itself was ugly, poor finishing, not so many chances created. Um Sporting's first shot on target was the PK. Um, you know, there wasn't Gimenez or Stubel's only shot on target was their goal. Um, you know, it was just it was one of those games. Uh went up two nothing, you know, the their goal was a nice goal. Max definitely could have done better. But after that, the, that was probably the 60th minute. The 20 minutes after that, it felt like it could be one of those games, you know, where it's just ugly. We're probably the better team. We probably deserve three points, but they, the other team just scores at the end. I mean, I remember um, a couple of years ago, we, we dropped a game here at, at the, at the Bonfim, and then Quinn throwing one off and was like, punching the, the, the bench and, like, broke it. His hand was all bloody. He was, like, crying on the bench. That was here. I felt like it was going to be the same fucking game again. Um, but Not to mention the the English, the game where I think one or two of them now that English scored against us right at the end for uh, either to make a draw or even a win against us. Yeah, it's uh, Tondela and Stubel. It's, like, every single mm-hmm. time, no matter what, like, it's going to be – it's going to come down to the end. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you know, nice, nice counterattack. Um, you know, at, at the very end, Gamash to Bruno Fernandes to to put it away, but boost the stats a little bit. Get Rio Ferdinand tweeting that Bruno scored. <laughs> um, you know, all that. So good result. Um, adverse conditions, um, and uh, looking forward to to Friday. Yeah, and just quickly on, on the style of play that you were mentioning with Stewball, just quickly on some stats. They only have, in 16 games, they have four wins, seven draws, five losses. They've only scored nine goals all season, and they've conceded 16, basically one goal a game. This is how, this is how like, defensive their style is, and we've seen it against Spartan. Um, but anyway, Steph, uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, first of all, I was kind of uh, disappointed with Silas because um, one thing was good. He didn't play Acuna. He had uh, four yellow cards. Uh, he saved them from the derby. Uh, everything that we see on the media, it's it's bullshit. Um, then, second, why couldn't you do the same thing with Kowats? So You know why? Because he doesn't trust his other center backs. That's the main reason why. Because he, he has four center backs. You know, Kowats... He is 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 very important to our defense, and he had four yellow cards. That that was a yellow card. I don't care what people say. That was a yellow card. So did he deserve to be shown the fifth yellow card? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But of course, would that play? Would the same play? Would the uh, Ruben Diaz be a yellow card? No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. And we know why it wouldn't. Especially because, not the fifth one the week before the derby. At that no, point. of course not. Because Benfica control, controls the uh, path. They do. So, and that's what, that's what you know, sometimes I tell Benfica. I'm not saying it's not a yellow card. It is a yellow card. But if it was your player, your player wouldn't get the yellow card. The referee wouldn't show it to him. Because they know in advance this guy's got a four, uh, uh, four yellow cards. I'm not going to show it to him. And that's what, that's what Benfica has an advantage on us. It's they're getting all the calls, even bullshit PKs, and, and they're not getting PKs against them. But coming back to, uh, to, to, to our game, um, extremely disappointed Coates wasn't safe for the Derby 
because we knew, I knew it 100% it was going to be shown a yellow card. It was just a matter of time. If it was at the beginning, towards the middle, or at the end. I knew it. I even told my father, olha, o Coates vai jogar e contra o Benfica já não vai jogar. 100% garantido que vai levar um cartão amarelo. And he did. And then my father called me back and even called me bruxo, que era bruxo. Uh, yeah, because it's expected. It's it's like I'm not a, a a a professional coach, but these things in the Portuguese league you can see it a mile away. But anyway, uh, you know, besides that shitty game by Sporting, we played well in the first half, second half. Uh, I don't know. We we became complacent, uh, being winning uh, two nothing, not expecting much from Vitória Stubble. But like you guys said, and really well. That Vitor Stubel uh, had almost their full team. I don't know why the president was crying because they had a good squad on the pitch. And uh, this is one uh, new players that can step up and show what they got. We're not crying about Vieto and Quartz not being in the derby, which is on Friday. They, so what? We got, we're going to call Benfica and tell them, can we postpone because two of our best players are not going to be there? It's just part yeah, of the exactly. game. That's the way it is. Uh, just like in the NBA and football, many injuries for with great teams like New England Patriots. They were eliminated from the playoffs, and everybody knows why. They had a bunch of injuries. So, and but nobody bitched about it. That's the way it is. Uh, but yeah, I was not impressed with our sporting. Uh, I blame. Uh, uh, um, I love Maxi. I do, but I blame him for the first goal. Your professional goalkeeper. That's you got to pull up that 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 save. I don't. I don't care what you guys mm. say. You can. You can turn blue, and I'm still going to tell you, that's a save. Has to be a save. He's a professional goalkeeper. Aquilo foi um frango do caralho. I called the way it is. I wouldn't say a frango. He still got a hand to it. He still got a hand to it. I wouldn't say frango. But he should have bought it. But that's it. fine. That's fine. I mean, it's 100%. Just, you know. I mean, we were expecting these kind of mistakes because he's a brand new goalkeeper. With lots of potential, and I still want him to be the the, the story of Sporting this game and the following game for the remaining of the season. That's how he's going to learn with mistakes like that. But he didn't read the uh, the, the trajectory of the ball well, and the the ball took a dip. But that's that's why you get X amount of money, and a goalie from uh, from uh, a second division gets less money because we're expecting you to make those saves. So I just want to be French square. Um, sure, sure. I think that was Unfrango. And then uh, he, I saw a couple of hesitation for Maxi coming out of uh, the, the small box. Uh, he can't have this hesitation. Either he comes out or doesn't come out. But, mm -hmm. you know, it makes him look weak. And then it, it makes the defense shaky. Because then now your defense is like, fuck, our goalie is shaky. And everyone becomes a little bit shaky as well. Uh, the midfield... Uh, our midfield was shit. Uh, we we let the uh, Stubble players kind of dominate us in the second half. Uh, they gained control of the midfield, and then they, they had some dangerous shots um, off net, but they, they were awfully close a couple of them, and one of them went in, like we just spoke about. Uh, I was expecting the Sporting to dominate the whole game, the 90 minutes, they should have, and they had... They had the obligation to do so, so I think I think there's a morale issue that there's no one that knows how to motivate the players. 
and and that shows that shows that there's no raça, there's no espírito de alegria, there's nothing like that. Those those elements that you need for a team to play well, uh, and you know, when it's like that, then uh, we barely win against a B team uh, or you know a minus, I guess, because they had a lot of starters playing. Uh, but that's all I gotta say, man. Uh, we should have won like fucking five, six, nothing against this bullshit team. The Benfica say because of Benfica be Braga, but we still we still suffered and we barely went three one. Holy shit! Yeah, agreed. Um, and and, and yeah, I think uh, I'll quickly go back to the to the. Uh, or actually, there's three talking points that I wanted to get to, anyways. But anyways, the the penalty on Budu Fernandes. Um, Christian, you, you mentioned earlier that you, you thought it was a little soft. Uh, Steph, what did you think of that penalty? I agree. It was, uh, it was soft. If the, re- if the referee didn't call it, uh, I wouldn't be crying about it. Uh, you know, okay. that's because, you know, I was raised the proper way and, uh, and, uh, I'm not an Olympian because Olympians <laughs> don't, don't, they don't admit to it. That bothers me. I, I've, I've been speaking with a bunch of baby kisses about two, two plays. The play from, uh, from uh, this weekend and yeah. then played from two weeks ago. There's yeah, not yeah. one of them that will admit to it. Even when you, you, you put in replay, like super, super fucking slow, like slow. Even uh, Stevie Wonder saw it and he, he said it was a penalty. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the other point of the uh, conversation quickly, we can get at, um, you, uh, you, you mentioned it, Steph, Max. Uh, Max definitely should have done better. I think more at fault is Mathieu and Bataglia. Mathieu for one, not concentrating enough and just giving the ball away cheaply. And then two, for Bataglia not closing in quick enough. Um, and, and it's just, to me, it's disappointing coming from a, a team that has Bruno Fernandes, a team that has a guy with a lethal, a lethal foot on him uh, that can score from anywhere, not to close down a, a midfielder like Carlingus, uh from Stuval. Um, and lastly, Steph, you already mentioned it, the yellow card. To me, it's not a yellow. You said it's a yellow. That's fine. Christian, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't really – I don't I don't like that um, as a yellow, to be honest. It's – he's – he's he's not – he's, like, pulling away. There's really not a whole lot of contact. To me, the deciding thing is, is it looks like he's looking to go down – before exactly. he even glances by him, so for me that's not a a foul. I mean, is, I don't to even me, think it's a foul. I don't even think it's. A I yell. don't think it is either. Because one, Quatch isn't really in his way. The player is the one that makes contact with Quatch. Two, the player is going down before he even touches Quatch. Um, and yeah, like if if anything, too, Quatch will be shielding the ball. You know, like. But nonetheless, it, it was given a yellow, so Quatch will. Will likely miss, or will will definitely miss Befica, and will um, will be uh, having a partnership of Ilotti and and <laughs> Mathieu, which is which is I don't lethal. know whether to cry, to laugh, to fucking it's lethal. It's lethal. <laughs> it's lethal. Yeah, lethal. For it, 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 if you were Silas, you'd say Ilotti. Uh, mira, bro, uh, shoot yeah. the front, Don't try to control the ball. Shoot it. Shoot the front. Last time. Last time we had Ilotti play a play a derby, we lost four two, and like two of the goals were his fault. So exactly, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Cool, um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, 
Last question of the game. Who's your man of the match, Steph? I'll start with you. My man of the match, oh, Steph Teixeira. No, uh, let me see. <laughs> the ma- Honestly, for putting up with that not- game, you might be. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, yeah, it has to be Bruno Fernandes. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he's the one that... Um, but Kamash, uh, he couldn't be the man of the match because he only played a few minutes, but that assist to Bruno Fernandes was golden. Yeah. And uh, But I would say Bruno Fernandes, yes, of course. And how about you, Chris? Yeah, it's got to be Bruno Fernandes. Um, two goals. Was the most dan- consistently dangerous player going forward. Um, just, uh, I thought Borja um, actually played well. Um, probably his best game of the season. And outside of the yellow, I thought Kawats actually had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Bruno Fernandes. And a special mention to Ristovsky, too. I think Ristovsky is, is really yeah. shown he's, he's Rozier, right back. Yeah, Rozier has disappeared recently. Yeah. He had yes. plenty of and, chances. And honestly, hey. like, we're not... The, the first goal became, came from a Ristovsky cross, you know? So, um, yeah. I've been impressed. Rozier, uh, you know, he's enjoying Lisbon. A bit of Virginia, and Camarões, and tal. It's like a beleza, man. They could Imagine fucking getting... hire me. I mean, I would ask for half of his salary. Exactly. Getting paid to just live in a, in a top European city. That's amazing. Fucking sporting like Fernando. Train, why do we get Fernando? Yeah, don't get me started. The fuck? I, I, didn't started. Know, I, know, I didn't know we were a gym. Like, uh, oh, Where we take yeah, in all the, all the injured players. I, I thought un, un centro de rehabilitation. I didn't know that. I mean, our president is a doctor, so... Well, yeah, the doctor de Anus. All right, moving on to the uh, to the transfer window now before getting into the derby and, and to the weekends in uh, Mudalidades. Um, obviously, the hot, hot uh, button topic is uh, Bruno Fernandes. Um, before going into price tag and even details of, of the transfer... Um, do you think he, he's going to leave in January? There were some, you know, rumors that the deal might be struck in January, but only leaves at the end of the season. Um, and more importantly, do you think he, he's going to stay to play Befica and the Tasa de Liga? Uh, Steph, I'll start that one off with you. I think he'll stay for the Derby, most definitely. And I think he will leave after that, just because Sporting needs money to, uh, to pay his creditors. Um, and then they they already uh, asked for a loan from uh, Mr. Paulo, so which I think we have to pay him some back uh, at each uh, each uh, fiscal year. So I think he's gone because we need the money badly. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And um, so let, let's go into the to the deal now. Uh, Rumors of uh, sixty to sixty-five million. I was always reading euros. I've recently just read pounds. Uh, sorry, I'm, the dog's fucking whining over here. Anyways, um, with maybe an inclusion of a player or two, Rojo's been mentioned, as we mentioned, Angel, uh, Angel Gomez. Um, fun fact: who whose godfather is Nani? Um, jo- Joel Pereira, the goalkeeper, was mentioned. The, the the newspapers I'm seeing now that just came out are mentioning Andres Pereira from Manchester United, which is an interesting move. But I don't know how um, 
how uh, how reasonable or how realistic that one is, uh, seeing that he is paid a lot as well. Um, but Christian, I'll, I'll give it off to you. What are your thoughts um, of the potential move of Bruno Fernandes to United? Yeah, it's pretty funny to me, actually, because the deal that they uh, rejected from Tottenham uh, at the last minute, Tottenham's best offer at the end of the summer window is basically the exact deal that they are looking to make right now. <laughs> uh, so they they said they wanted 70. Tottenham would only go 60 plus 10. Um, and uh, that seems like what uh, Man U refuses to go past either. So they're just going to offer 60 plus 10, maybe throw in a loan of uh, a 19-year-old and uh, call it a day. <laughs> Um, pretty, pretty stupid. If, I mean, I think that they, they, they held out in the summer because they thought they could get a better deal, but now they realize that, uh, I guess without, you know, being buddy, buddy with George Menz, that you're just basically going to get bullied, um, and they're going to get whatever they get, which is pretty much what all these clubs have just, I feel like they've all made like a backroom handshake deal for no one to bid higher. Um, and literally no one's going higher. I've never, no one's the most, maybe, maybe the most I've ever seen is 65, but I don't think anyone's ever actually officially offered 50 or 65, seen 55 plus 10, 60 plus 10, um, you know, 60 in players. But I mean, these clubs have unlimited money, but I guess when they know, when they know they don't have to pay it, they, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not desperately looking to pony up the money if they don't have to. So they're just like know that they can bully sporting so they'll just be like no and then eventually they'll they'll have to sell them what are they gonna do hold on to them forever <laughs> yeah exactly I- i'm still shocked that we live in a world where jetson goes for 10 million less than bruno that that bruno that drunk felix and we've seen the season he's done already has went for a 126 and i understand age has a factor in this but, I mean, it's not that Bruno Fernandes is like an old man or anything. He's in his mid-20s. He's about to hit his prime. How are we only getting $60 million for the guy? And He's put up also, video game stats in the past two seasons. Exactly. Exactly. In the same league Juan Felix and, and Jetson have come from. In a worse team. Like, it's, it's, I find these numbers, like, insulting. Um, yeah. Steph. What are your thoughts on 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 this, these potent, on these rumored moves to to, to United? Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, it, 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 it's it's uh, it's it's a fact that uh, Bruno Fernandes also wants to make that jump to a more competitive league, such as uh, uh, Manchester United. I really thought that Tottenham would get him now because of um, uh, Jose Mourinho. You know, I'm pretty sure he knows more in depth the qualities of uh, Bruno Fernandes, but it's not the case. So, if he goes to MU, MU they only have to 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 gain by uh, by uh, acquiring um, Bruno Fernandes. The, the players that you spoke about, the goalie, I'm not interested in him whatsoever. He could stay at Manchester United. Um, he's another. He's a player that is one like there are these certain players that are literally just used as like money laundering schemes. Mm-hmm. I feel like. He bounces around in a way that is so suspicious to me. He's not actually good. He's been on Man U's books for like five years somehow. He's a money laundering scheme. <laughs> I agree. Listen, 
I, I wouldn't want him at Sporting. Uh, we already spoke about the other Where ones, is he? But... Right, he's, he's at Hearts right now, I think. Yeah. I, get, well, I think, yeah. He, and, yeah. And the funny thing is, is he was, like, re-signed not too long ago after, like, four, like, failed stints in Portugal. We're yeah. talking about Joel, man. Yeah, Joel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you're not good enough Joel for Bolivia, you usually end up being good enough for Manu. That's what they always say. He's, a, he's just like the Atletico Madrid goalie. What's his fucking name? Um, uh, oh, yes, yes, exactly. Andre Moreira. Andre Moreira. Same exact thing. Same person. But, you know, it's funny. It's who, Who's both of their agents? Oh, it's, uh, uh, that, it's exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, yeah. Anyway, Steph, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's cool. I'm done. Uh, you can move on to Modalidas, whatever you have next. Oh, no, just a few more players. Um, so we mentioned Spur already. I think uh, we said enough about him. I, I'm, I'm excited to, for him. We need a striker, so I'll take him. Um, decent price. Um, Carissu. Let's talk about Carissu a bit. Um, I, I like him. I think, in my eyes, when I first heard the, the, the news, uh, he's, he's a mature replacement, I, I, I think. Uh, we definitely need a solid center back. With Bruno Fernandes going, we need a captain. Uh, in the locker room. I think Carissu is that. Um, and uh, he could play two positions like like Matt mentioned earlier. Um, so I'm all for it. I don't know about you guys, especially coming in from a free transfer. Uh, Christian, I'll ask you. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, um, I, would, uh, I would take uh, Carissu back. Um, you know, he's, he's getting older. He's still playing at a reasonably high level. Um, very. He's extreme. captained Sevilla a few times. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that if he were to come back here, I definitely think that he would be in the running to be captain. Um, you know, next season. Um, you know, obviously, there's a chance that all three of the captains on the team right now won't be on the team next summer. So yeah. um, the whole hierarchy of leadership will have to be restructured, and I definitely think that he would be one of the captains, if not the main captain, um, if he were to, to hop on board. But that would be for the summer, not the not January, though. Yeah, yeah, that would be for the... Well, if anything, we would sign him now, or... Oh, it'd be like Neto, probably know of it. we announce it, and then it's like, yeah. he, it's known that he's coming. Um, exactly. Um, also, another center back, uh, Joseph Font. Steph, I don't know if you want to tackle this one for a bit, but what are your thoughts on that one coming to Sporting? No, that's a, if we get Gris, I wouldn't get Zephont's. Uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, block a, a new upcoming player either from the uh, under 23 or, you know, or potential uh, uh, young player from another team that we able to make a good deal. So I would get one of those two, Zephons or, or Caviso, but not both. They they both, get, you know, they're both getting old. I would prefer Caviso because I know he knows Sporting. He's, he's, he was from our schools and he has charisma. Uh, Zephons, he's a good center back. I like him too. I'm not saying I dislike him at all, but I, I think it's uh, it would be really dumb to get to get two, two players uh, advanced age. Yeah, the thing is, you have to pay for Font, too, because he's locked up through 2021. He is five years older. Um, I think they're very typical uh, as far as the role that they'd have, as far as a, they'd probably be asked to do a little bit more than they're comfortable with, i.e. Matthew, in terms of minutes. Um, 
but uh, they definitely would be like a, a figurehead leader type center back, which, you mean, based on the teams that they've put together in the, in the past couple of years, it's obvious that they value that. So I think they know that they're going to lose the current man that they have for that role, um, Jeremy Matthew. So they're looking to replace him. Um, I mean, I don't know what a, a deal for a 36-year-old center back looks like, a mil or two maybe. Um, and I'm assuming they both have on the higher side wages, so I'd probably call that a wash, you know, about the same. Um, so, I mean, if we can save a million or two and save five years, as, as terms of their ages, I, I lean Kadisu uh, as well. Yeah. Um, Christian, uh, you got a few other players to mention. Uh, I don't know if you want to go through that list real quick. Yeah. Uh, well, we have Marks Rojo, obviously. Um, mention him. There's news tonight that he has not agreed to join Sporting, and same with Angel Gomes, they have not agreed to join Sporting. Um, so without the players' agreement, obviously a deal for them is impossible. So definitely news to uh, to consider. But I mean, Rojo, the way that he left Sporting wasn't so much his fault. I mean, that's the Godinho Lopes. Just I mean, Godinho Lopes. Yeah, he he he. He sold his contract to to a third party investor, and then the third party investor negotiated the player's contract to another team over the club's head because they had a bigger stake in his in his pass. Um, so that's I mean that's not Rojo's fault. Obviously, we knew he was a good player. That team was horrible, and he obviously stood out. Um, he's a wait. He's a. Uh, he he uh, he's a uh, one one time a game take a forty yard shot guy, um, and uh, and he's also he's also <laughs> a batshit crazy center back that's not afraid to fucking put your, his cleats through your fucking chin. Yeah, and honestly, a, I like that about him. <laughs> yeah, he's very experienced. He's twenty nine. Um, yeah, on a permanent deal, I would not mind Marcus Rojo for loan though. Don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, my my only issue also with Rojo is he's coming off a few injuries. Um, which have obviously, you know, left a mark on him. Uh, we see the Rojo we had at Sparting, and we see the Rojo even under Mourinho, uh, where he played a few games. And it's not the same Rojo. It's not the same. He's not as good. He's not the same Rojo that was, you know, an Argentine international, you know? So yeah, uh, those are my only concerns. But he can hack it in the Portuguese league for sure. So I'm, I'm all, all, all for for Rojo as well. Um... Steph, do you have uh, any uh, any knowledge of either uh, Andreas Pereira, who's now the newest Man U player linked via loan, who um, uh, he's, he's kind of made a, made a name in the Man U squad this season at least, um, attacking midfielder, uh, Brazilian born in Belgium, or uh, Angel Gomes, the uh, the nineteen year old, you know, uh, attacking mid winger for for Man U as well. They both good. Uh, both uh, of them, they're good players. But the thing is, they they not going to be replacing Boon Fernandes for sure. This this is basically um, we 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 trying to find someone with quality that can minimize the uh, the pain that will we we will suffer when Boon Fernandes is gone. So, like like Danny said. We'll have to change the the tactics to uh, to to fit all these new players and to to make a better team. Um, and 
I like I like both names. But 19 years old, uh, I mean, he doesn't have the experience he needs. So we'll know from the get-go he will be struggling. Um, so he's not going to be like, you know, be decisive and and uh, have two assists per game and a couple couple goals per game. So it's growing pains. That's what I foresee if we get if we get him. So and that's all. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really. I think we pretty much hit everyone. I don't know how much you watched River Plate uh, last season, Danny. But um, are you familiar with uh, Nicolas De La Cruz at all? The uh, the Uruguayan attacking mid. Uh, no, not really. To be honest with you, I've watched a few games last year of River Plate. Yeah, uh, but I haven't really that, that name never really caught my eyes. To be honest with you. Yeah, he's uh, he he's, has a market value right now of fifteen million, um, and he's oh. twenty two years old. Um, he's been in the Uruguay uh, youth national teams, um, and you know he's definitely seeming to be one for the future. But obviously, a heavy investment, and you know if you spend fifteen million, fifteen million on a guy like that, you know he he kind of has to be the guy, or the deal's a fail. So. Um, but apparently, if Sporting is going to sign a South American playmaker, um, they're going to wait till the summer. And any replacement for Bruno Fernandes coming in January would come from Europe. That's the word yeah. on the street. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised we they... haven't. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, hopefully, if they if they are doing the the big time South American investment, they think it through. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't been linked to Almada again. Uh, from uh, Vela Velez, I forget the name now. Vela Sarsfield. Yeah, there you go. Um, I thought that would for sure be a name that we'd be linked to. Um, but anyways, the, the last the last uh, saga or the last transfer I'll talk about is an outgoing uh, transfer. It's this Aquina saga that is low key, but it's just always still there. Where um, first initial reports were saying that Inter wanted fifteen or they wanted a loan. At first, but we rejected, and then uh, some news came out saying that um, was it Hugo Vienna and uh, and Aquina got into a spat. Um, first, Steph, what do you make of these reports, and uh, do you think we'll be? And this will go to both of you, of course. But what do you do? You think we'll we'll lose Aquina as well this transfer window? It's a, it's a, it's a possibility. I mean, if they, uh, I think. I think if they offer twenty million, I think he's gone uh, because of the uh, necessity of the cash flow. Um, so I think if it's less than that, if they won't sell him, but then they promise him a raise, and then he's pissed about that—that that he's not give, been given the raise that he was promised. Yeah. Um, so. So if Sporting keeps him, it's a it's a good thing. But give give him the race you promised him. Don't be fucking jerk offs. And I think I think you know if you look at the whole picture, I think Sporting is trying to sell. Uh, if they sell Bruno Fernandes, then they'll give him the race. I don't think they have money to give it to him now as we speak today. So. So that's why I think that Bruno Fernandes, for sure, uh, I would say 99%, he will be sold because he'll be able his sell uh, for 65 million. 
we'll be able to 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 resolve a bunch of problems that we have financially, and with certain players such as like Acuna. And I know for a fact that Sporting also wanted to um, um, to renew uh, a contract with, with Quach. They wanted to keep him for an additional two years, I believe, until 2024. Um, so, so that's that's my take on it. And then if we sell Acuna, it'll be a big loss. Uh, but you know, if we get 20 million, that's a good deal. Uh, yeah, but don't get me wrong. If this guy was playing at Benfica, they possibly would sell him for forty million. But, I mean, he's been a better left back than Grimaldo, and I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. if they ever sell Grimaldo, it's for fifty. And don't forget, he plays for the national team of Argentina, so it's not exactly. a bullshit team. It's a world class team. So, yeah. but, but what gets me is is uh, Sporting Tarasquinha. Every every team that that. Uh, have good negotiators. They know that, and they take they taking advantage of our fragile situation and the inexperienced uh, leaderships that don't know how to negotiate. It's not Verandas' fault of Vienna. Um, it's uh, it's just they would they've been put in a position, a uh, very difficult position. They shouldn't be because they know nothing about that. They're learning. So if they wanted to learn, they should have been in the second division team learning all these things before they promote themselves to a Sporting Club Portugal. So we've been handled by amateur people. Uh, they 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 now learning and building up their resume. And maybe one day you'll be a good president and maybe one day Vienna will be a good manager. But they're not there yet. They should have been practicing in the second league on the Campeonato de Portugal and Stipo Sporting Club Portugal. And now we stuck with them. And uh, congratulations to the 71% that voted for them. Exactly. And and, quick, and quickly, Christian, if you have any other thoughts about Acuna leaving or any other transfer. I think based on the reporting and the, the tone of things, I think that one of Kawats and Nakuni is going to be sold in January. I'm not sure if they even know who, which one of the two it is yet, but there's no way that there's been so much transfer speculation on the both of them that not, and they both are owed new deals. They're not going to give them both new deals. Um, one of them's gone. Per- personally, I hope Acuna stays and Kawats goes because I think Acuna. Um, it has a has a higher market value, has a higher ceiling, still has more potential to continue to increase his value, um, as opposed to Kawats, who I think his value is peaked or slash he's slightly removed from it peaking, um, and now he's on the the arrow down in terms of his value and his age and all things considered, um, and I think he's also more replaceable. Um, but you know, I. Uh, I mean, that's just that's my thoughts on it, at least. I, I, the, the language that's been provided makes me think that one of those two is gone. Um, and it's going to be frustrating if it's Acuna and it ends up being less than the Zenit deal that they rejected last year, which I'm pretty sure it is, and he's going to leave for 15. That's my prediction. Yeah. All right. I'll move on to uh, Mudalidad. Um, just a few games. I'm not going to do as great of a job as, as Steph. But starting off with the basketball team, uh, Sporting beat Overins, uh 108-56. to 56. Um, I was actually trying to 
uh, grab some of the um, stats of that game, but I couldn't find any online, funny enough. Um, the Let me see here. Um, do-do-do-do-do. The under-23 team tied 1-1 to Bilinish Saad, um, you know, in a disappointing game. We um, fell into third place, you know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Befica, they have, they have us by four points, and then uh, Riwa moved into second place. So, after Leo, uh, Lionel Ponce went back to the under-23, he just fucked it up even more. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, um, he sucks. He sucks. He's a fake coach. He was coaching Jumila FC. He's a fucking fraud. We got to get rid of that guy. Same, the same team where David Wang used to play, yeah, right? So I'm not even any, sure. If David when, Wang plays on your team, you're you're doing something criminal. I mean, when, when, when you have such a great player like Jason Fernandes and you bench him to put fucking Fernandes, it shows that you ha- you don't know nothing about coaching. So instead of giving minutes to an up and rising star, you you sit him on the bench, and then the kid, of course, he loses his motivation. So that's that's why I- I'm like, you know, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one point that team was like twenty points clear, and now they're in third. So they're winning every game like eight nothing. Things have changed since then. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next game, another one that'll piss, I mean, all of us off. I know we talked about these these fuckers a lot this episode. But another bullshit way, doesn't matter what type of, whether it's the men's game or the female game, they will definitely get call, bullshit calls their way. Befica 2, Spartan 2 for the female Tass of the Liga. Oh, um, my God. Did, you, did you guys end up seeing that? I know Steph did. Chris, did yeah, you I see saw, that? I didn't see the game. I saw the PK, though. The PK, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. It, it, uh, that, that, that PK is only a PK in Portugal, but it shows you that even in the, in the ladies' league, Befica is getting these bullshit calls. And I got to say, I got to tell you, I applaud Luis Felipe I wish my president, my president was like him, that he had the talent and the knowledge and the intelligence of, of, and the influence on all the fucking Portuguese institutions like he does. That's decades and decades. I know it is. He's doing what Pinta Costa did in the 80s and the 90s. Now, Luis Vieira worked hard to to do what he's doing. So I, I do applaud him, believe it or not. Uh, people might say, oh, this guy is crazy. He's applauding someone that's corrupted. Well, he found a system in the 21st century that works for him and his team. And they're winning and they're getting all the calls. And, you know, as much as I hate it, because I do, at the same time, it's a fucking, it's a genius move. This guy deserves a PhD. <laughs> yeah, he's also stayed out of prison the whole time. Not only has he done everything he wanted and and let's be honest. Uh, let's be owns honest. the whole country. I mean, yeah. if, if he, this... he's massively enriched himself and avoided any sort of repercussions for his actions. Exactly. Let, let's be honest. If if he was our president and we were winning constantly like Befica is now, and he upped the value of his team and he's selling players at 40 million when they're not even worth the 10 million, wouldn't we like it? Yeah. We would like it too. 
Come on, winning, I don't winning, winning is great. If you, I mean, it's the it's the uh, it's the New England Patriots of you know for NFL fans. I mean, their fans love it all, but everyone else hates them. But I mean, they're fucking winning. So, who gives a fuck? Yeah, because you know, I I don't I don't I don't blame my Benfica friends. I have a lot of Benfica friends, and I don't blame them. I tell them all the time. Listen, you guys win with fucking phony calls. You get all the calls. That there's something going on. It'd be but, nice. It'd be fun if it was us, you know? I, of course it would be. I wouldn't. I, I, I would be just like the baby kisses. Epa, was just throwing queen visor. Anyway, but go on. Go but ahead. Steph, so, do you know, so do you know what happens in that Tasa Liga then? Because they finished 2-2. Do we play them again or? No, no. So now uh, now since we played 2-2 at, uh, at Befica, we play uh, Casa Befica and then they will play Braga. Oh, okay. Is this yeah. a, it's only four teams. Is there any yeah. elimination games or is it just a table? A round a, robin and then a table. No, no, and there's that, a final which will be in March. So the oh, final so it's, you yeah. play you play so every team so are some teams gonna play one away game and, and two home games then? Or two away games and one home game? Yeah. So basically so basically we're now gonna play against uh 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 Fica. And then uh, yeah, Benfica we, will we have to go Mac, to uh, right? Primer Mayo Braga. Yeah. But, but uh, those are both, I mean, the, Braga's weaker this year than they were last year. And, and yeah. uh, football, Benfica is, is obviously weaker usually. Um, so, I mean, seven points should probably be enough to get into the top two, you would think. Even, so no, so, even so, five, maybe. So the, the winner of uh, Sporting Casa Benfica will go to the final. The winner of Braga Benfica will go to the final. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know. So we should be fine. Okay. Um, also, sticking on Tasa de Liga, only this time for the futsal. Things started off well. Sporting with Braga 5-1 in the quarterfinals. Then we beat Mudikuj. I should say five nothing, uh, but then inevitably losing four five to uh, Benfica in another another must be said controversial game. Right towards the end, they should have got a, their their what is it? It's five thousand futsal, right? Right when they should have got their fifth foul, I think the, the ref didn't call it, sixth, and then boom, the sixth uh, sixth five. foul, I should say. Correct, yeah. They didn't call the ref didn't call it, and boom, five four Benfica. Um, I know. No, you're right. You're right. They they were ten minutes with five one. fouls. Ten minutes with five fouls, and you telling me that for ten minutes, which in futsal it's a, it's a lot of time. Ten minutes, it's a quarter like of the minutes. game. Yeah. yeah. So you tell me for ten minutes, Benfica didn't didn't commit a foul. That that's where the struggle is with uh, with Sporting. It's like fuck. Even in futsal, these motherfuckers have influence. You know, yeah. that's well, I'm not taking... in recent years. That's a, that's a new that's a new. It's like a, they're like a uh, they're like the Roman Empire. That's like a new territory that they've expanded. No, they have a name for that. It's called Umpovo, <laughs> and it is because look at the, the like he said, Danny. That was not a PK against the ladies. That's not yeah. a fucking PK. And and uh, in futsal, I'm not going to take the matter away from Befica because we made a lot of silly mistakes. A lot of silly yeah, mistakes. Fair, fair. Yeah, fair, fair. Gita's yeah. made a fucking some stupid mistakes. But it's it's unreal that for 10 minutes, Bifika didn't commit a foul. Bullshit. I saw three, three more fouls. 
But anyway, anyways, the, the matter is yeah. the matter is Befica have now caught up to João Mach in uh, the same number of titles in futsal. So it is what it is. I love that quote from João Mach. Um, next game is from the hockey senior team uh, won the Taça Portugal a four against Maidens. A big win for the hockey lads. And they didn't. Um, they won the quarterfinals. Oh, was it the quarterfinals? My bad. Yeah, yeah. Bad, that was bad, the final. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my That's, bad. Yeah, Maidens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who are we facing next? We're facing. It's not Porto, is it? Not yet, right? No. I don't know. I'm not in front of a computer, but it's not. Boring. Yeah, I don't know either. Sorry. Anyways, next next uh, was the uh, senior volleyball team. We beat Caldas three nothing. Then we beat Famil Lins three one and Leishoins three nothing again. Uh, the I know the ladies won, but it's not showing here for whatever reason. Okay, cool. And uh, and that's it. Um, and we'll move on to the derby uh, that's about to happen. Um, well, just the, the, just just two quick notes. The uh, under sure. nineteen, they won three one, and, and they moved on to uh, the final phase of the Portuguese Championship League. Um, so we started very bad. I don't know if you guys remember, man. I, I do keep up with the uh, youth league, uh, and uh, we're finishing out strong in the in the second place because we gave a lot of fucking terrain to Benfica. And juniors, but we've regained that uh, that momentum. So now we're just nine points away from Benfica, but it doesn't matter because the top two will qualify to the final league, and they all start with no points against uh, two teams from the north and two teams from the uh, center of Portugal. Total of six teams. So and then Ju- the juveniles they won three nothing, and Iniciates I don't think they played, but they in first place. And that's all. Yeah, thanks, Steph. Perfect. We'll move on to the Derby now. Um, before, I, you know, giving in your thoughts about prediction and all that, who do you think will replace Vieto and Quach? Uh, Christian, I'll start that one off with you. Tough. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be... Um, I mean, Quach, I think it's obvious. It's, it's going to be Elodie, unless Yeah, it's going to be Elodie, and then I think it's going to be uh, Kamashu. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Steph? Do you think any any differently, or do you think Plata will make a, an appearance instead of Kamashu? I think uh, Kamashu has got the upper leg at this point in time. He's uh, he's been showing some more maturity at that level. Um, but if Silas puts uh, Plata, he's not going to upset me. I'm still going to be um, like excited about it and. Expecting Plata maybe to 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 show all his uh, talent, that would be fucking great. Um, yeah. the, I'm not so much concerned about if it's Camacho or Plata. I think both of these young players have the talent to replace Vieto. I'm more concerned about the center back. And uh, Ilardi doesn't give me any guarantees. I would look into the under 23 and promote one of them. Either Quaresma uh, or the Comexamo uh, with Chabash. I'm forgetting his name now. Yeah, I'm forgetting it too, but it's Joel something, isn't it? Usually he's the captain. So uh, I don't know, bro. Ilori doesn't, I think mentally, when he goes into the pitch against Bifika, 
he's already going to be like shaky because of his past mistakes. I don't think he's strong mentally. So I would rather go with another center back, Luis Net. I don't think he's ready to go yet. No, not yet. No. So, so I would look into the under twenty three team and see and talk to uh, to the coaching staff of under twenty three and ask them who's the best player that we have that gives us guarantees for this derby. And sometimes, you know, you'll be surprised. They might shine and and uh, play simple. And then, and, and if they don't complicate the game, then we should be fine. But Elodi doesn't give me any guarantees whatsoever. And I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he fucking pull, pulls up a great performance. And I hope he scores like a couple goals on, on corners or something. Yeah. Yeah. Really, man, he doesn't have to score a goal to me. As long as he does his job defensively, I'm more than happy. But... Uh, I, I I highly doubt it would be nice to see Kurejma making a, a debut, but I highly doubt that'll that'll happen. But anyways, what are what are your thoughts on the games, guys? Steph, how do you think Sporting will do? Um, do you think uh, Big Fika's new signing is going to have a big impact like he did a few years ago when he played for Dortmund? Um, and then at the end, what do you think the score is going to be? Well, I don't think the new acquisitions for Benfica will have a big impact uh, right away because you know it's a new team, new league. They don't know. Uh, he doesn't know his teammates yet. So um, I, I don't think he, he he will be the problem. I think Benfica as a whole, super motivated in first place. Uh, playing so-so, they were playing better at the beginning. They kind of dropped, the, you know, their, their consistency and performance quite a bit. They barely won against Ops at home 2-1, uh, and they needed the referee to, to help them with a PK that fucking was not a PK. You can turn blue telling me it's a PK, but it wasn't. And if, even if it was a PK, they fouled the Avs player way before then. Uh, but I think, you know, our team is very shaky. Uh, Befica is play, still playing better, but not as, as much as, uh, as uh, beginning of the year. I give the, uh, the upper hand to Befica. I know we're playing at home, but without Kovac and um, and Vieto, more Kovac. Vieto, I think Camacho will be fine. Uh, it scares me a little, or a lot, actually, because um, Ilari doesn't give anybody the the like the comfort zone that we're looking for. Um, but if I was, if I would be Sila, I, I would definitely play on a on a four three three or on a four four two. Uh, 4-4-2, a pouvoir, a little gump. Um, and then maybe we have a, a chance to win the game in counterattacks. Uh, if we if we play in an open game, I, I think we lose for sure. If we try to dominate the game, and, and I don't think we're capable of doing so, uh, especially with the centre-back that's so shaky. They will, they will attack him. Brun Lage is a good coach. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he's going to attack that weakness. Um, and um, and uh, if we keep Acuna, Mathieu, and um, and Ritovsky, we, sh- we should be fine. And then, yeah, the weakest link will be right there, Dumbia and Ilodi together. That's, 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 that, that's what's going to kill Sporting, those two players. Dumbia has not improved. He's still weak as fuck. Uh, 
I was expecting him to evolve. I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because of his age and being adapting to the Portuguese league. But he's taking too long to, to evolve. I was expecting much more from Dumbia, much more. And he's not there yet. So and that scares me a lot. Fair enough. How about you, Christian? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to it's tough to think or to say that, you know, I think that we're going to win, um, you know, because they're obviously not playing well, but they're scrapping results. And, you know, we are at home, but they're them. They're, what, 16 points clear on us right now. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think that we're going to win. I think that there's, most things are stacked against us. You might not even have our best player. Uh, but you know, if we can, if we can stop them, it's great. I mean, even a draw is bad for them. Um, so, you know, normally, uh, I'm opposed to, to, you know, saying a draw is a good result in these type of games because it's usually a toothless draw, like a zero zero or something. Um, but in this case, I expect absolutely nothing from us. So, uh, you know, I'll take a draw because I know it'll, it'll, you know, make them, um, you know, less content with that result because they're actually, you know, playing for more than we are at least right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I and uh, I'll agree. I think um, I, I'll disagree with you, Steph. I think we should try to attack the game. We should try to attack them the same way we played. We played against Porto. Um, I know they're a different team with different qualities, of course, and and I think uh, they they are more dangerous in the counterattack than maybe Porto even is. Um, but, uh, you know, going back to their form, and I know form means very little to these games, but going back to their form, I think they're there to be controlled at least. And I, and personally, I think Spartan are much better with the ball than without the ball. So um, that's where I would like uh, us to attack the game in that sense. But I'm with Christian. I think a lot of things are stacked against us. I still, I think Bruno Fernandes will play, but um, it'll depend on whether Bruno Fernandes already has his head set on the transfer uh, and doesn't want to be as rash. Um, and then, of course, uh, with, with Kamashu, we'll, we'll see with his inexperience uh, whether that'll play a, a big part in the positive or the negative. Um, but I'm not confident at all. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I think we're losing this game. Yeah. I hate to agree with you. I don't. I think the best result we'll have is a tie. Agreed. And uh, hopefully we all we've we all that wrong and we win the game. That's what I hope. That's what I was hoping against Merda de Porta, man. Because I don't want people to think I want Porto to be campeão. I don't give a fuck who's no. campeão. Porto Benfica to me it's the same shit. I don't want either of those teams to win the Champions League, but it's going to be one of those two teams. It's obvious, but I don't. We owe no favors to nobody. So yeah, but yeah, I agree with you and Chris. I think I don't think we'll win the game. If we do, fuck. We'll put him a little bit. He's not the midfielder. No, 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 because it doesn't mean shit anyway. It means three points. That's it. That it doesn't mean shit. I don't want to be the hunt to not play the second preliminary of the Europa League. Is yeah, it's a it's a battle, man. I don't want to I'm be just, like Sergio Conceição that he won Alvalade. He looked like he won the fucking Champions League. 
Yeah, that was but I mean that was that's more that's more doing... that's more important for him though. Yeah, but Sergio sound the way the he was acting, beijar o emblema do Porto and ele armado em stupid. I thought he won the Champions League. I'm like, fuck, o gajo ganhou o Champions League. Oh, caralho. Yeah, it's embarrassing that he even celebrated that much to a Sporting so poor. Where, where we should have at least, at the very least, got a draw. But anyways. Yeah. Anyway. All right, boys. That's the end of the podcast. Number 62. I think it was a great one. As usual, of course, though. Um, Fast. Yeah, next podcast, we'll probably be talking about the departure of Bruno. Hopefully, we'll be talking about Sparar and other acquisitions coming in. And um, though we said we'll think we we lost, uh, we're going to lose, I, I should say. Um, hopefully, uh, on Podcast 63, we're going to talk about an incredible 4 nothing win where Ilotti scored a hat-trick. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. And, yeah. Anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Spartan160 underscore EN. Um, yeah, keep following, keep supporting. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you guys. And uh, yeah, viva Spartan. Viva. Benfica é merda. <laughs>